Echo's Box Podcast is not meant to be or claiming to be a good place for therapeutic advice. The host is not a licensed therapist and is not offering any services or advice related to mental health in a professional manner. The content discussed on Echo's Box is commonly highly explicit due to the real nature of expressing honest emotions. While we don't mean to offend anyone, the reality is these discussions might be triggering to many people. Out of respect for all, please do not listen if this content isn't right for you, and forgive us if you have a poor experience. Keep your brain healthy. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Echo's Box. You were just listening to a little preview of my new song, AWHF. It stands for Are We Having Fun? It'll be out here within the next week or so, along with two other tracks and a brand new music video, all under My Jones Music stuff. So, if you aren't already, be sure to go and follow It's Jones Music on whatever social media platform that you prefer, and stay tuned for when that pre-save link drops. Thank you. I also have very many announcements coming up this month. I know I said that I would have them for this episode. I also said that I would be putting out an episode earlier in this month, but uh, obviously I'm not doing that because I haven't gotten the go-ahead to make those announcements yet. So let's just say one way or another, it's going to be a spicy announcement. So stay stay tuned for uh, that going on into next month, and I would definitely have an earlier episode regardless. Maybe later, depending on how the announcement goes. We'll see. I'm, I'm skeptical, but I'm excited. Anyway... On to the episode. Like I said, welcome back to Echo's Box, the podcast where my dog tells me what to say and I just regurgitate it like a robot slave. Sorry, I've, I've been listening to a little too much Duncan Trussell lately and my humor is uh, evolving at a decline and I love it. <laughs> For real though, today's episode is called Hearing Voices. And don't worry, I'm not schizophrenic yet, um, <laughs> but it, it's also not an episode about schizophrenia in, under, in any serious light, or really at all. It's also not about drugs. Uh, no, no, today, my beloved listeners, we are talking about something far more serious than mental health and drugs. We're talking about magic, and not ceremonial magic either. We're, we're tackling a broader subject here about wackos like myself, and, uh, all those folks out there that practice the ooky spooky occult and it's just in time to bridge us into halloween uh, now of course all of that's tongue-in-cheek uh, but it's with a purpose you know i'm obviously i'm not a comedian i'm not that funny at all but i do think it's important to open up this dialogue with a bit of a sarcastic tone because the ideas that i'm going to be talking about today all need to be taken with a grain of salt or really like a hunk of salt for those who do not know I practice ceremonial magic, and the way I describe that as a practice in layman's terms to most, most people is just a fancy meditation practice that helps you grow. Now, obviously, it's not just a meditation practice, otherwise I would be 
naming something else that I practice within ceremony magic like Zazen or some other better, more focused and established tradition for meditation. Now, um, ceremonial magic is, of course, dealing with all the rituals, chanting ancient languages, all the hoopla that comes with that. But at the end of the day, it's designed as a path with the same goal as many meditation practices, some goal of enlightenment or, or self-realization or whatever it is. It's, it's some growth within yourself, depending on what your spiritual beliefs are. If you want to go learn more about ceremonial magic specifically, you can check out my book, which is free as an ebook, Fundamental Magic, or go and check out Damien Eccles' book, High Magic. Both of these books will tell you all you need to know to get started, even if it's just for the definition and understanding what ceremonial magic is. By the way, that Damien Eccles book is not officially affiliated with me or Echoes Box in any way, shape, or form at this time. I genuinely just recommend that book. It's it's really awesome. So if you don't want to go read my book and feel like it's too much of a shameless plug, um, go check out his because that's, that's one of uh, the teachers that I regard highly. So shameless plug out of the way. Let's uh, actually talk about the concept of rituals. In my book, I actually talk about what rituals really are. But basically what I've stated in the book is that they're glorified patterns that have a goal of a specific result. So you do some pattern and the idea is that this pattern will always yield this sort of outcome. Rituals are just formulas, kind of like a math equation. You know, uh, a common thing that you might see as a ritual if you've ever been to church is you go into a Catholic church and you do mass as a ritual or you do um, when you cross yourself, when you walk in, that's a small ritual. Even uh, prayer is a form of meditation. Um, these are all things that are formulas to yield a specific outcome. In the case of those traditions, it's some kind of reverence or worship to God. Um, and in ceremonial magic, it's maybe for a different outcome. Like maybe you want to focus on growing your spirit. Maybe you want to focus on your physical health, uh, finances, whatever it is. Um, these equations, these formulas exist that you can do these steps and it will yield an outcome that helps you towards that purpose. However, something interesting that I want to discuss today is how many of these rituals actually exist at, at a broad level. We're not obviously going to go, go through all the rituals that exist and you'll see why here in a minute. But uh, even more interesting, I want to talk about how many people out there will tell you that if you don't do something, some ritual, exactly the way that they say that you need to do it, then you're wrong and you'll let in a demon or something evil into your life. And I'm here to start this conversation by saying that's just bullshit. And uh, going back to this idea that these rituals are formulas and much like math, there can be more than one way to solve a problem. However, keep in mind, this, these, these practices are involved in a spiritual path for many. So it's not really that binary. Um, you're not going to do anything bad to yourself per se, as, as we'll discuss, but you may not get the results you want is really the outcome when that happens because the, these, the perceptions of these things, when one person does them, even though it's a formula for X that should lead to Y, your experience of that is unique to you and what you need in your journey in life is the kind of idea. So that's why it's not really that binary. But at the same time, there's, there is more, when, more than one way to skin this cat, more than one way to solve the problem. Now, there are many books on doing ritual type of magic. There's grimoires. There's so many witchy books. You can just go to Barnes & Noble. It, it's really hard to separate the wheat from the chaff and all these. But what if I told you that the chaff isn't that bad? So I'm going to have two hot takes on this. And if you start to pick up on what the real topic is here as I sift through all this stuff, 
uh, figure that out within before the episode's over. Leave a comment. And if you're right about the topic, you have earned Echo one butt scratch. Those are his favorite favorite scratches. He's, he's a long boy. He can't reach his butt. So keep an eye out on that uh, theme overall for Echo so he can get rewarded and butt scratches. It's up to you. You know, you want to live vicariously through me and pet the dog. <laughs> Everybody wants to pet the dog. Um, so moving on to the hot takes, right? The first hot take is that so many people say their way is the right way. That's what I just alluded to a moment ago. And what if they're, they're right? What if their way is the right way? And I don't mean just one individual. I mean, what if everyone is correct? You see, magic is funny in the fact that at the end of the day, whether you really are the type of devout servant worshiper to some pantheon of ancient deities, or maybe you're a Gnostic philosopher trying to fight the Demiurge or whatever the hell you believe, the occult practice you take on is always, always one of will. This is the central idea of this religion called Thelema, which is a religion that I currently affiliate my practice with, but this idea of the practice of magic being about will is not just a Thelemic idea. Thelema really roots itself in this idea, but it's not a Thelemic idea. Although a lot of people might point to say that uh, following your true will is Thelema, but I'm not talking about the concept of true will as defined by Thelema. Not everything is about the true will, but your just will in general and what that means to your practice. That said, I need to acknowledge that I might be a bit biased, but objectively, since everything is about your will, whether that's the Thelemic idea of true will or not could be debated, but if, if you want to sit down and worship Zeus and the rest of the Greek pantheon and practice ancient ceremonies, and you believe that those gods are giving you energy and speaking to you, that is still your will. You chose that path, and you choose what comes of it according to that path. That's your will. And it may sound like I'm knocking that path a little bit, but let me be very clear. That's a totally acceptable path. There's nothing weird about that, really. I mean, maybe in modern days, but to me, it's makes just as much sense as what I do and you know because I, I just sit in my room and I, I think I get messages from angels and that's where folks begin to talk about rationalization that's so important because I can sit there and I can say weird shit like that but it's important to rationalize what that really means in, in the context of everything no matter what you believe in and what you think of your spirituality so yes all these grimoires and books on magic and all these rituals actually are technically valid. Why? Why is that true? Why am I asserting that as truth? Well, the fact is that if you believe in them hard enough, they will do something for you. That doesn't mean they're good or helpful. They could be pieces of shit. But you can absolutely psych yourself up for anything to technically work if you will it to be. My favorite thing, though, is opening a book on magic and seeing a ritual say something at the top like, if you don't do this exactly this way, you will curse yourself. And I'm just here to tell you, that's bullshit. The, the answer to that is just don't let it curse you. If it's true that you can do it, uh, your, uh, your will, anything to work for you, then it's also true that you can let something not hurt you if you didn't do it 100% correct. Now, I'm making a lot of assumptions, you might say, but here's the fact. 
all of this, all these rituals and everything, if you if you remove the spiritual component for a second and what you believe and what you what you think you think, at the end of the day, it's all about your psyche. This is important to acknowledge because if you went your whole life without doing magic, if you're this probably average person, even the average listener, so maybe this is you now, you've never done magic, you don't barely even know what it is, you've just heard me mention it here and there. The best the average person gets to experience magic in the best setting is usually church a christian church and maybe these same people your average population maybe in the u.s encounter a few paranormal life experiences that are hard to explain but no one goes insane from a ritual that hasn't practiced magic before in fact you could put a curse quote unquote on someone and if they didn't know that you did it nothing is going to happen to them that is a hard fact. If you have ever wondered why curses always come with a warning label that, that backfire at twice as hard no matter what, whether they work or not, it's because you can't impact other people's will. You can only influence it. So these things can work, but it's all a game of psyche. That's why doing magic for anyone other than yourself is pointless. All parties involved in magic especially ritual work and, and ideas of energy work, quote unquote, all parties have to be accepting and consenting of the energy you bring forth. It's not that you can't change the world for the better. It's just that the external forces have to be able to receive what you put forth. If somebody doesn't know you exist and you want to curse them, you can believe that your energy manifested its way and, and had an impact in some way. But unless it is influencing your will, the likelihood of that happening is is basically impossible. They have to be made known of it by some means to let that work. And maybe the circumstances align in the way you carry yourself in your life after doing these kinds of rituals, especially if they're not a curse, but just something to benefit you. And that's something teachers always, uh, at least teachers that I, I follow, always talk about when they're talking about doing magic. Maybe you're in a bad situation and you have somebody in your life giving you a hard time instead of saying, you know, fuck this person send them bad luck or whatever it is that you want to do uh that's likely not going to work if and no matter what if it works or it doesn't work you're going to get twice the beating back on you um and it's not going to really improve your life situation you just hurt somebody else if it does work um but it's probably not going to work because you can't just change people's other people's will like that but what you can do is change yours you can say put me into a situation i'm going to put myself and ask for a situation and focus on a situation where I am safe again. Now things start to change because you carry yourself in a different way. You acknowledge the problem. You put energy and focus towards this and you let the forces of life carry you through that with that focus in your brain that you've, you've set that intention on. And now things start to open up. Now maybe the person changes. Something bad may happen to them. Hopefully not. You don't really want to ish will on, wish ill on people. But, um, you know, maybe you do. I don't know. I don't. But... Um, that the whole idea is that you're not really worried about the how you're worried about hey get me out of the situation for my sake for my psyche for my purpose um so yeah doing magic for anyone but yourself is kind of pointless you know there's a difference when when you do have consenting parties people do group work ritual work and to kind of bring a a, a broader focus that's essentially what worship is at a, at a at a christian church for example um so yeah, all that to say is you can't really change external forces without consent and focus 
but you can change your world for the better. And you only need you to do that. Now, you may disagree with me uh, that there's no, uh, in the fact that I'm saying that there's no wrong way to do a ritual, you may disagree with me on other things too, That that's fine. But when it comes to the topic of there being a wrong way to do a ritual, you're, you're just wrong. One of, one of my favorite quotes, and I'm going to paraphrase this, but it's also from Damian Eccles, is this idea that the most powerful practitioner of magic can influence their world with the twist of the ring on their finger. You can just twist the ring, focus, and all the energy goes out. And this applies across all practices. Damien was specifically talking about ceremonial magic with, when he said uh, the, the thing I paraphrased, but it applies to all practices. The twist of the ring, quote-unquote, is not a ritual. It's just a gesture Damien used as an example. The reality is they could have just had a thought, and with a bit of focus, their will is executed. They don't have to do anything. There's no need for a big fancy ritual. My point here is that it's not a game of right and wrong, but a game of idea in fact. There's an idea that because rituals can be so sacred that missing a step could mean horrible things happen or just nothing at all and you waste your time. But the fact is, if you, for example, here's a common one, there's a, a phrase thrown around, in, especially in Wiccan traditions called casting a circle. If you forgot to close your magic circle while you're doing a ritual, but you stayed focused on the ritual and you didn't notice that you forgot to close it all the way, then you still did the ritual and nothing got in, no bad energy came in, no demons came in, nothing weird happened. You didn't even notice that the circle wasn't closed all the way when you drew it. You weren't thinking about that. That's because your mind, in, in your mind, even though maybe physically you didn't do it, you visualized that it was closed all the way and everything was fine as far as you're concerned. And so... It was. That is your will. So even though maybe the physical move, movements didn't quite match up or you're worried that you drew a pentagram or a hexagram the wrong way, if you didn't notice and you still see it before you correctly and your focus is there and, and it's that's correct, then who cares what the physical thing was? It doesn't matter. That wasn't your focus. That's your will. What you actually came up with is. And there's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Rituals, you see, are not only formulas, but they're tools. They are certain steps that, helps us, that help us to learn to execute certain goals. The formulas idea map to, well, the, form, the idea that they are, they are formulas map to help us gain certain experience. So we know what this uh, concept of this ritual, the goal of this ritual, we know what that feels like. When we complete the ritual properly and we get that feeling, we get that um, response that we're looking for. Maybe it takes a while, it's over time sometimes too, it's not always instant. Um, that's what's a practice. Um, but once you get that feeling, once you experience the, the goal or the benefit of that ritual, you know what it feels like, right? From then on, the ritual is simply a tool to help you continue to become accustomed to that experience and growth that you gain when you exert that sort of focus and energy. So your end goal here basically should be to never do the ritual again. You should be so good at knowing what that feeling or that idea is supposed to give you in the end result that you can just call upon it at will with no fancy goth party in your side room that you got to go do for 20 or 30 minutes first. It's just there because you've practiced it. All right, so rituals don't matter, right? You know, don't matter, throw them out the window. You can just do whatever you want. And now it's time for hot take number two. So the steps of a ritual do, in fact, 
matter, but they only matter insofar as focus points. If you say, I'm going to conduct the lesser banishing ritual, the pentagram or LBRP for short, um, but then I, instead of doing the LBRP, I just spin in a circle, you objectively did not do the LBRP. You did not do the steps of the LBRP. You did, therefore did not conduct the LBRP. The, LPR, the LBRP is a very established ritual. Uh, and even the modifications to it across different practices and traditions are pretty clear uh, at following this formula. It's so well established. Doing the LB, saying you're going to do the LBRP and then spinning in a circle instead is like saying that you want to go and do a, a division to solve your equation, but instead you do addition. It doesn't make any sense. You objectively did something different. Now, while you haven't done the LBRP in this case, if you chose to just randomly spin in a circle, based on my first hot take, you could argue that you still did a ritual. You know, if you're spinning around in a circle uh, consisted of a focused concentration and flow of energy to achieve a specific goal, that's a ritual. And this is where my two hot takes meet in the middle. The steps to a ritual are important, but if you don't do them exactly right, you actually could end up with a similar result still. You just objectively didn't do the ritual you were trying to do because you didn't follow those steps. Spinning in a circle, as ridiculous as that example is, could also be a way to cleanse a space for magic, kind of like how the LBRP is used. Why? Because if you spun around in a circle and you focused your energy and your will on doing that and willed it to be so, you could end up with the same result. However, what will not happen is getting those extra benefits of the LBRP because you did not do the LBRP. You're essentially practicing what is known as chaos magic at a certain point, at least when talking about ceremonial magic practices. If you're doing another path and practice, maybe it's something different. But technically speaking, any stray from a designated path, even if you're not doing a ceremonial magic path, any stray from your path could be considered chaos magic. And I think that's quite beautiful. There's nothing wrong with chaos magic at all. Um, it's just a label for doing things on your own in a more hardcore manner. Like you're just completely off the beaten path and you're doing kind of whatever you want and experimenting and learning. And it's not all chaotic in the sense that there is no formula, there is no uh, rules. It's just that you kind of get to bend the rules and decide what they are. You can even break the rules and create new ones. It's your, it, it's more of a path of your own. And it's kind of more difficult because you have to really learn about all these different formulas and different practices to do that in a way that's even effective. But spiritual paths, even when you don't do all of that crap and, and decide to go on your own, if you're just on a spiritual path normally, they most spiritual paths leave room for discovery and customization. You can totally stay on a, a pretty straight path and, and come up with rituals of your own. In fact, a lot of these paths encourage that you'll receive rituals specific to your path that you will do um, that are found nowhere else. And that's where a lot of rituals and grimoires come from. It's just sometimes those can be a little disingenuous. So you got to be, be careful on, on what those are. But technically, based on the argument I'm making, those are still valid. And I would agree with that. All of that said, uh, the, the combination of mutation and the exploration of Chaos magic is a lot more loose than just coming up with a more custom ritual or a new ritual that aligns with a spiritual path. They're very different uh, things. So you see, the benefit of the LBRP, 
will therefore depend on the practice. Many traditions use this ritual as a staple, it's a center point. In ceremonial magic, which is where most uh, folks attribute the LBRP's ritual's origin back to, uh, in this tradition, the goal isn't just cleansing a space for ritual work, that's part of it, but you're also evoking angels, demons, or whatever other deities that you're supposed to be working with for your path and your beliefs. You're evoking these entities and these, these energies, these ideas to help bring you closer to achieving what's known as the great work and attaining the knowledge and conversation of the holy guardian angel. In layman's terms, this means that you are evoking these ideas to become enlightened and attain the growth in your mental state in order to become enlightened uh, and at peace or whatever, whatever that means to you um, in your culture and your beliefs. But that is the goal. That is the benefit of that. No matter what you think that is and what you think that means, it's taking you there. And universally, it ends up being pretty much the same for all people, but your experience is what is unique. So for example, I do daily ritual work. Now, I've been in a stagnant place for, for some time. It's it's very clear to me what I'll be doing next and what I'm growing into, but it's not so clear when I'll be ready to begin finishing that step. I'm already kind of midway taking the step. I'm just kind of falling over my feet, getting to, to plant my foot in the ground and get to the next goal. So part of that's because I'm dealing with a lot of discomfort that makes managing my time and ability to move forward in my practice quite difficult. And it's something that I ponder on daily so that I make sure I keep my goals in my sights. I keep them close by. I keep trudging forward. Even though it's slow, I know I'll get there. But in the meantime, I keep up with this growth daily through these daily rituals. And I focus on it normally via uh, whether it's a ritual or a daily meditation. I do this in a focused setting and I make sure that I am continuing uh, this growth. And for the last six months, even though I've been stagnant, I sometimes get like epiphanies, you know, sometimes I'll get epiphanies for creative ideas, but that's been about it. You know, rarely do I ever have the voice of God booming over me and answering my prayers as I slay demons in psychic warfare or whatever the fuck that means. Uh, and so by rarely, I mean, never, never, ever does that happen because that would be silly. However, when you are engulfed in these spiritual experiences, you do tend to have weird-ass moments that happen. For example, I heard voices last night during my ritual work. What? Crazy, right? I've lost my marbles. Here's, what's that, here's what that actually feels like. All right. So I didn't just hear voices like I'm crazy. It wasn't an auditory hallucination. I wasn't on drugs or anything. I was very much sober. Um, it It's all similar to an epiphany, he, this idea of hearing these voices, getting these downloads, this information. Um, and some people may experience what I'm about to describe a little bit differently. Not all of us are the same. But in general, when you're receiving this kind of information in a practice like this, you'll suddenly either just know something because your brain finally solved some kind of internal puzzle or you'll get an idea an epiphany is kind of like a realization that i might know know something now but getting an idea rather than just immediately knowing something that i thought for some reason i didn't know before is different getting an idea well, that's more like thinking but it's not you thinking 
in in terms of how you do in your normal state of day-to-day consciousness it's not like how you would think oh well you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking about what i'm saying now actively it's very much not like that remember i said a little bit ago it's all a game of psyche well that's exactly it you kind of have to be a bit spiritual to buy into the idea so just kind of like buy into it a little bit if, if you're skeptical and let it work but objectively on the outside if you ignore the spiritual component all that's happening is that you're changing the state of your psyche and the state of your consciousness while you're awake. And you do this so that whatever it is your practice is leading you to can lead you there or so you can test the claims of the ritual or whatever have you. This altered state of consciousness is important. It's key to that. Even just in science, altering states of consciousness has been proven to yield some strange but often consistent behaviors in people. Now, uh, there's some inconsistency to it all, but it depends. However, when we're talking about ritual work, the whole idea is, is structure. It's consistency. It's a repeatable formula. So the only thing that makes doing rituals stray from the scientific method is your personal experience. Because person to person, a different outcome could happen each time, even if the ultimate goal or purpose is fulfilled. And also you can do different things for different reasons the lbrp is not just for cleansing for example but uh if you could also use it for something unrelated to developing your spiritual path you could use it for something practical to focus on maybe your financial health or whatever so depending on what you're doing it for to begin with what your intention what your will is you'll experience something different and also how you get there in and of itself, the result that you get will be different than mine. Maybe you reached the goal, but your path to get there was uh, taking out the trash and my path to get there was taking off my socks. <laughs> I don't know. It's a silly example, but we did something. We had to do something different. Something different happened to us to achieve uh, the similar state of being, even though we're all ultimately going towards the same goal. Um, and to kind of compound on that in a more practical way, Let's say I did the LBRP each and every day. You know, I did this a lot when I was first in my practice. Now I've gone on the hexagram rituals and, and so forth. But it's all the same thing, all the same concept. I would do this each day. And it's not like I would feel rays of sunshine or something coming through my body or always get epiphanies and voices. No. Most days, I feel nothing. And some days, I get a bolstering feeling of emotion, energy. Sometimes, sometimes I hear those sweet, sweet voices. All right, so I've been avoiding the the question that I stated earlier. What did I hear and what was it like? Well, last night I heard, I will be your shield and your sword. Sounds kind of biblical. I don't think that's anything new or novel. Uh, Pretty sure I pulled that from some book somewhere. It seems like a very, very common quote. Uh, Something a knight would say to a king and queen throughout history. Nothing spectacular, but it, it came to me out of nowhere. How this felt is that it started out as an idea on its own, and then as I visualized all the angelic imagery in the room around me, I began to hear each angel chime in one at a time, and they said the phrase until they all said it together, and then it was booming. All the angels were speaking, chanting the phrase. Now, what actually happened is I just gave myself an an affirmation, you know, I will be your sword and your shield. Or your shield and your sword, whatever it was that I said. I gave myself this affirmation. It came from me. But for some reason, my brain just chose that phrase. And then as I was influenced by my visualization of my meditative state, I began to make the idea louder and more powerful in my mind using the imagery. 
How do I know this is what was happening? Well, because I was thinking at the time. <laughs> Imagine that. And this is important. I'm not just saying that tongue-in-cheek. I was supposed to be in a more focused meditative state, and I didn't really want to think. I wanted to focus and, and let go in some ways. In some ways, not focus, if that makes any sense. Anyway, at the time, I wasn't focused as much as I wanted to be, and I was actually worrying about a great many things. And it, just like an, an enthusiastic knight goes to his king and queen, my brain was like, yo, man, I got you. And it found some sort of phrase to catch my focus and provide me with reassurance and plunge me into the shift in psyche that I needed for the ritual work. More importantly, it's important to realize that I'm not just hallucinating angels and stuff everywhere. I'm actually just playing imagination. Remember when you were little and you imagined that you were a superhero or a princess or a firefighter or whatever? You played pretend. And with that imagery... You made some fun for yourself. Your stick became your fire hose and the rock became the fire truck or whatever. As an adult, instead of playing pretend, I'm taking those same principles and seeing what I want to see in my head. And yes, with enough focus, you can vaguely see it in reality before you. Maybe strongly, it just kind of depends. But it, it's all just me imagining things on purpose. I chose to imagine the voices in the context of the fancy ass ritual I was doing. And that turned into angels chanting a phrase that, I, that just came to me. And it helped. My brain did that on its own to help me shift my psyche. You know, if I was talking to a mossy rock in my head instead of angels, then I assume the rock would speak instead. All I'm describing is if you just remove the spiritual lens from it, it's just fancy thinking exercises to get your brain where you want it to be. Now, if you want to be real obtuse about it, you can't even just call it playing pretend as an adult. <laughs> I think that's funny. I would say that. But uh, it, just just like the developing imagination of a child, uh, it's very healthy for them to do that. It's also healthy to do that as an adult. You want to keep developing your imagination. Now, what we have as, as we get older uh, that we don't have as, as children usually is... Um, wisdom. We have time. We have the ability to rationalize skills that we just did not have in our, our youth. Rationalize things and think and think deeper. This is how we understand that when I say I received an affirmation from angels, I'm not just talking crazy. I'm not just saying I talked to the angels. What I'm doing is describing an experience that I crafted in my own psyche you rationalize that and you understand what it means and how it actually feels from the outside. I didn't literally talk to angels. If you were to sit there and watch me, you probably wouldn't have seen a damn thing except for me just thinking. It's literally it. But for me, it was an experience. It's something that I imagined and made real. And because of that, at least in my subconscious, it's very valid. It's very real. And it's very interesting because it makes a huge difference. It's very real, especially to me. But it, we have to be able to rationalize these things. How do these things actually work? And at the end of the day, it's my brain thinking. You know, Magic is actually very practical. You can remove the spiritual lens and you still get to the same goal. And that's one of the things I love about it. Now, that's what magic really is. And that's why those hot takes kind of come together and all that kind of stuff. But what magic isn't is what I'm going to talk about next. And I'm going to name drop one or two weirdos here. Um, 
and maybe they'll if they ever hear this i doubt they will but if, if they do maybe they're going to claim that i'm giving them energy and feeding into them blah 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 blah, blah. Well, whatever um basically um i want to talk about these tiktok occult folks um i think one's name is draven and the other is modern mystic um i actually want to be clear i actually like modern mystic he seems like a cool dude most of his content is well educated um he i think he teaches from practicing a particular christian mythic mystic path um and it's uh, also in the context of freemasonry so it's interesting um but again seems very well educated so no hate to either of these folks even draven he's not really my cup of tea but uh, i'm not really sure what that dude's doing again no shade uh, maybe I just don't understand his practice. I uh, don't watch enough to know if you've, he's ever claimed a name for it. But when I do watch it, it all seems very generic. It seems like just standard demonology stuff with some voodoo mixed in, maybe just real edgy type stuff. Uh, so I won't call it bullshit, but it isn't very helpful. Regardless, the problem, though, uh, my personal opinion aside, is that objectively, both of these creators are very, quote unquote, dualistic. I use that word. I use that word colloquially, uh, just to kind of sound fancy. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not trying to talk about the duality of good and evil. That's a topic for another episode. But instead, I'm using that word to say both of them teach that doing X is the only way to make uh, a certain thing happen, and Y is wrong. Now, modern mystic isn't as bad at, about this as most of his content is actually quite scholarly in nature. But even that content comes with an air of what I call matter of factness where what he's saying is probably right, but you should also probably fact check for yourself. And I even think he's the type of dude that would encourage you to do that, but um, it, his videos do kind of come across that way. Uh, Draven, on the other hand, just kind of spews shit everywhere, and everything he does implies that you have to do this this way or else. And most of his shit, especially around demons or entities like Klonic or whatever else he does, while not wrong, very valid practices like i said he could he could be valid in every way but it is misleading the way he presents it at best it, it all leads the person to attempting to learn from a place of corrupt knowledge and what i mean by this is because it's his way or the highway the way he presents it if you're a new practitioner and you come in and you're trying to learn something you're thinking that this is all there is and that's not accurate um, I'm sure if he were to defend himself, I'm going to make some assumptions here about his character in, in a more positive light, because I don't know him. But, but he seems educated. So I assume that if he were to defend himself, he might agree with almost, probably not everything, but almost everything I've said, and even argue that he's not doing what I claim he is. But you can just look from the outside in, and you'll see what I'm saying is objectively true. I'm sure he does acknowledge the broader facts of life and other spiritual practices in his own spirituality, personally. Again, another assumption, but I think that he's well-educated enough to, to do that. Um, and he knows that it's just not his way or the highway. I'm, I'm almost certain of that. But it's just that his way is most important to him. That stands above all else. Even if he has other knowledge, he's like, man, that's great. I know those things, but this is my way. This is what works for me. And that's actually good. That means he knows what he wants to do. Unfortunately, when you present your way as the only way all the time you start sounding just like your typical southern baptist screaming that it's jesus only where you go to hell and that piece is what is misleading to me it's not necessarily untrue his practice could be valid and this is how you do that practice whatever it may be so it's valid in its own respect but it's misleading in how it's presented uh, you know 
the the fact is even when it comes to christian traditions even christians have to acknowledge there's other world religions like may not like it but it's true your path is not the only path you may think your path is the right path but that's up to you now why am i talking about these creators so much this isn't an endorsement of any specific people you know i could have picked any two rabbits out of the hat but i needed some examples somebody was going to get called out sorry i didn't really intend for that but the point is that i wanted to give you explicit examples that you can go look at you can go look at modern mystic and go look at draven um and the the goal here is just to be wary of social media when it comes to the occult there are some great creators out there in fact I would recommend Dan McClellan, great, great scholar and has great biblical takes. Uh, Twitchy Witch is, is even a really good one. She's got some more esoteric type takes and I really like her content. But all of these creators are, uh, you could be criti- critical of me. I know I didn't do like the best job in the world today. There's plenty of holes in what you could call them. I'm just talking shit on a podcast, man. Like I get it. I'm not, I'm not perfect. None of these people are perfect, but there are th- people that are better than others. But my point is that while there's good content out there, there's also some mediocre content and i'm being critical of these creators for argument's sake i I may not personally like draven's content that much and i do like the modern mystics content um regardless i'm being critical of both of them to make the point that there's some bad shit out there and since it's just for argument's sake what i'm really saying is there are far worse creators out there spewing hot horse shit compared to either of these two no matter what i think of them there's way worse crap out there. And I see this kind of content so often. Um, maybe it's just my own fucking algorithm. But I see this so often. Um, and it's caused me to develop a bit of concern for new explorers of the occult. And I want you to know that it's always been this way. If it wasn't on TikTok, it'd be with the hippie witch trying to get you to do acid at the festival. Or maybe the guru trailer park wizard that's got the DMT stash. <laughs> Even without the drug references. It's just to illustrate that. The crazies in the occult have always existed. Technically, we're all crazies. And those folks weren't wrong, necessarily. Their methods might work. Might not. But they might work. The problem is they have no path, no goals. They get lost and confused. So what you should do when you encounter these sorts of people, these people that are just spewing ideas and saying their way is, is the highway and you have to do it like this, go try it. And take from those things what works for you, even from those sorts of folks. But as you do that, focus on your will. Be that the will of the gods that you choose to subscribe to or the will of yourself. That The important thing is your will is always the minimum goal. And it's ultimately up to you to carve your own path. I've talked about a lot. I've intentionally misdirected topics, hopped around for a game today. And you know, also, I just wanted to get a lot of stuff into an episode. But now it's the big question. What was the lesson here today? I avoided saying it. Even used substitute terms like duality while I hopped around. Though, I guess if you guess duality, then I'll give you half a point. That's half a butt scratch for Echo. Um, but that really is a topic in and of itself. Now, today's theme wasn't about hearing voices. Even though it's the episode title. It was about absolutism. So if you guessed that right, leave a comment on the video version of the of the podcast or maybe on Podbean's comment section, whatever, and just confuse the hell out of the comment section. Everybody say half a butt scratch if you guessed duality, full butt scratch for absolutism, or no butt scratch if you, if you just got it wrong. I want to cause some chaos down there in the comment section. Of course, your feedback and interaction helps 
grow with the visibility of the show. Plus, you know, Echo gets butt scratches. That's always good. Anyway, on absolutism, we, we've done, done our, our standard social media interaction bit. Um, I want to wrap things up and tie all this in. So absolutism is the acceptance of or belief in absolute principles. And these principles can be applied to philosophy, ethics, theology, politics, even whatever else you want, kind of paraphrasing the straight out of the dictionary definition of it. Um, So today was about challenging the idea of it's my way or the highway, challenging absolutist ideas. Now, there are absolute facts in all of the ideas that were presented today. We can't ignore those. They're the reality. But we can and should always challenge when someone tells us that something has to be this way or it's wrong. Always ask why when that sort of statement is presented. And look out for it being disguised as an ultimatum or bad instructions. You know, it can be phrased many ways, so just be diligent. You know, when I, when I talk about, you know, oh, you got to do it this way or else this bad thing will happen, that's phrased as almost an ultimatum or even just a cause and effect consequence thing, but it's very negative. Look out for that. That is also an absolutist statement. So ask why when you see that. And you might find that what they're saying is absolutely correct when you ask why, and you should do things that way in that case. But if you find that it's not, then you may end up finding an even better way to do it. This is innovation through simply asking why. Now, don't be a dick. Don't challenge it. Just ask why. Seek understanding. And if something doesn't make sense, figure out what does instead and go that way and grow. There's a hell of a long way to to get them to the the moral of the episode. (laughs) But... I hope you had some fun on the journey and learned a lot of like weird esoteric occulty type facts and got in your spooky mood, had fun while you're doing it. Um, yeah, that's enough for me today. Y'all go touch some grass, hug your friends or something. Remember magic is stupid, but I love it. Try it if you want, but don't come running to me. If someone tells you that you unleash demons on your third cousin's uncle Susie, that don't give a shit. Go be yourself and go follow my music because I want to see you, all you knowing the words at future shows, please. And thank you. Take it easy. Everyone, I won't even notice when it's over